0: I thought it was super weird how when I first, when I walked in, you've got these yep. like 10 foot Dawn, tall, like Dawn. horror, like crypt keeper looking yes. dudes on either side of yes. like your camera shelf. I do. And like, it was nice for you because like you're back to them and I, mm-hmm. but I feel like they're guarding you. They are. So Oh, they are. <laughs> so I should really watch my- I'll be honest.
1: So after Halloween, uh, we had a really good night of like scary trick-or-treaters. I had like uh, pumpkin faces projected on pumpkins that like sung and like told stories. Like it was really, really fun. And uh, I, I connected with this guy on KSL. And he had a haunted house and he was moving and I bought a ton of stuff for yeah. like a very small fraction. And these are like Lagoon uh, theme park in Salt Lake City. These are your originals from the late 80s, like early late, 90s. It's Layton, right? Farmington is the exact Is, it Farmington? It's okay. Farmington is okay. the exact address of Lagoon theme park. Opened <laughs> in early. It's a great little theme park for Utah. But anyways, these are originals. And then like behind you, I have like... Stormtroopers with like a Misfits official yeah. Halloween mask on. Yeah, There's stuff in storage. Anyways, this is really random. Uh, but it
0: was amazing because you, you pulled up and you just had like your truck just filled to the brim. <laughs> with all these random yeah, dude, like, dude, Halloween. He's like, what uh, have you done? Yeah, what have you been doing? Anyway, I pressed record like five minutes ago.
1: So welcome to the Take 43 podcast. Welcome back, guys. My name is Aaron Colborn and you are? I'm Drew Williams. Yes, you are. Thanks um, for friendly doing that for once this it's been like what 30 some episodes and in- yeah yeah and
0: i you, well you don't usually don't let me touch the record button you're like bro <laughs> the record we've, button's mine. we've been going
1: for five minutes so what's really cool about today is we have katie in the studio katie yeah. sign uh, i work with her on taste utah the mm-hmm. television show uh she's done a lot of stuff and what's cool is katie and i have have spent a lot of time on the road and shooting this series for uh season six and seven and eight now and we are just now about to wrap season eight. And I haven't asked Katie a lot of like personal like, yeah, like early questions of how she got into this, yeah, about so who like, she really is. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm like, I know you're curious, as you always would say, am. to find the origin story. Yeah, yeah. So, like, honestly, I am too. Like, I want to go back a little bit in time and uh, figure out who she is because she's an amazing uh director and producer. She's opened up a lot of opportunities for me, and uh, she's just really an awesome person. So, yeah, let's bring Katie on. Yeah, let's bring Katie on. That's awkward because. Like, for a second, we thought we were going to call her because we haven't had anyone on the show in, like, yeah, literally since the second episode. So, this is actually after we recorded the episode. Yes. So, let's play. <laughs> Instead of bringing Katie in. Yeah. Let's bring on uh, lots of. Let's play what we recorded with yeah, Katie. Very interesting We stuff. had an awesome conversation with Katie. Yeah. Here's what happened. Oh, is he, oh you stripping? It
0: pop off my shirt. All right. Wow. There we go. Dang, I'm, I'm getting I, comfortable. Yeah, so this
1: is good. Aaron's taking his clothes off for the listener. Oh, he's actually, it's for us, but for the listener, Aaron's taking yeah. his clothes off. Drew, Drew will describe it. Yeah. Um, well, he's got a really nice black shirt on. It's probably a yeah. medium. <laughs> I have.
0: Okay, so I, I grew up in the 90s, so I tend to have about six layers on at any given time. Perfect. Yeah. You should wrap that hoodie
1: around your waist.
2: <laughs> that would be it. And then, like, maybe just turn your your hat to the side yeah, a little. There, there you, you go. I yeah. like that.
1: West Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, man, raised. I'm feeling and it now. Yeah, yeah. you are. And with the headphones even on, it looks great. Yeah. Katie, what's up?
2: How's it going? I am so
1: happy that you're on.
2: Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Well, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, yeah, this is
0: our first guest in the studio since, I think, like, episode two. two. Because we started Before this, COVID. and then not long, right after that, COVID happened, and mm-hmm. everything else has been phone interviews since yeah. then. So, so you're
1: the first one in.
2: Ooh, I feel special. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I already are. felt special, but now I feel even more special.
1: Yeah, I had to find a mic in a, the production kit to, like, <laughs> like wire it up, because I was like, we don't have the third mic anymore yeah. so i'm i'm super glad you came over and uh this is rad i've been working with you we've been working together a lot lately yeah absolutely yeah. and we'll get into all of that but before we start you want to hit these five random questions yeah let's do it all right ready favorite cereal apple jacks imax or regular cinema regular docs or shorts Wait, what? not not like not not, yeah. not Doc Martens and not dockers. I'm
2: like, what do they have in common? Dockers
1: or shorts? No, um documentaries. You know, long like long form documentaries yeah. or short form time. I
2: I would say long form documentaries. Yeah,
1: cool. Uh sweet or savory food? Combo. Oh, okay. I like that. That's a great answer. Okay, if you were going to put on a song right now, what would you play?
2: I would probably play a song called "Stay Wild."
1: Stay Wild mm. by who? By uh, the, bones the bones of Jr. Jones. Oh. Yeah, it's I like how know, did I? Heard it's before. like how did I know that? Yeah. All right. So this is what you would play right now. Ah, oh, yeah. It's pretty sweet. I like this so far. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I can't play anymore because then we'll get in trouble. Yeah, right, so, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, at first, I was, I was like, oh, is this like a like a cure
0: sort of thing? Yeah. And then the rest of the guitar came or the slide guitar came in. I'm like, oh, it's it's uh, more like that. So yeah, that's
1: awesome. That was it, for yeah, yeah, that. Singer,
2: little singer-songwriter. I'm a big, cool. big fan of that.
1: Cool. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I said to the listener, you and I have been working together for a while now, a couple of years. We've been working together recently a lot. Aaron doesn't. This mm-hmm. is your guys' first time. Yeah, it's the first time we've ever met. Yeah, yeah this is great. Yeah, I've heard plenty about you yes. for sure because Drew just doesn't shut up about stuff. Uh, yeah, but that's very
0: Well, true. <laughs> by,
2: vice versa. Right, and, right. and when Drew likes something, he just likes something. He it's, really likes right, you. Yeah.
0: So that's nice. He's and... all in. It's
1: actually very true. Yeah, yeah it you. is very true. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah if he like something, he just won't shut up about it, which is great. It's, it's, it's an admirable quality, I think. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> All right, Katie, since I do not know you very well, I'm always very curious as to people's origin stories. Like what, what was it that made you, you know, when you were little Katie go like, I want to, you know, make movies or I want to do, I want to get into production. Like what was the thing that, that made you go, I want to do that.
2: I love it. It's a great question. And I've shared this story a couple of times with my grad students um, because I am an assistant instructor um, at the university of Pennsylvania. And I teach a class called the humanities and human flourishing. And they ask you know, what's the most impactful experience you've had with the humanities? And mine is strange because it, has to do with The Fox and the Hound which is I love The
0: Fox and the Hound that's my Disney favorite Disney movie, movie actually yeah
2: and it it's so I saw it in theaters because I'm that old mm, and um
0: you
1: guys are very close <laughs> in yeah we are, are. okay yeah, good yeah.
0: Yeah. Drew, Drew, Drew has older friends yeah, yeah. yeah. okay good I think all all right. actually some of the younger of his older friends yes yeah, so I'm, I'm very mature.
2: age like I'll say seasoned
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very mature yeah.
2: yeah Drew Drew is also like equally mature and, and I'm like equally yeah. very, like very immature, immature so it works right. really yeah. well it's very true um but uh but yeah I was I I was I mean I had to be like maybe 10 years old sitting in the theater with my whole family and there's this moment in the movie where Copper and Todd have to be separated because of who they are right and I just started crying and I remember like my Older brother, no, my little brother looked at me. He's like, "Are you crying?" You know, I had like that moment of like, "I'm not crying, you're crying." Shut up. Let's get out of here. And but I remember just thinking how special that was to be able to like right. have a movie engage you in a way where it caused this amazing emotion. Mm-hmm. And then the story of the Fox and the Hound is so unbelievably inspiring. Is oh, yeah. t- told through the eyes of like children's animation, but like these two individuals that had no right being friends they were yeah. actually like mortal enemies and then in the end they end up save you know one ends up saving the other's right, life right um and then the other one returns the favor yeah like I get chills thinking about it even right now because I, I to me that was like at 10 years old, like I understood the power. Well, it evoked this emotion. Medium. Yeah. Right? Of yeah. This medium. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm not going to lie. Like, that's extremely similar to some of my first like reactions to Philip. It was Fox and the Hound, literally. Like, I yeah. still, it no took way. me really? another, really? it seriously took me another 25 years to even watch it again. And it actually ended up not being as like emotionally raw as I remembered it being. Still rough, but like, but Fox and the Hound was a massive like influence for me. Yeah. That's, that's actually oh, really, that's that. really, that's really funny. That's yeah. So yeah. Cool. That's, that's huge. That's really cool. Yeah, Cause I'm not really even much of a Disney person, but except for, but Fox and the Hound is a thing for me. Yeah. Huh. Absolutely.
2: That's really cool. Yeah. Super yeah. inspiring. So, so that's like the huh. origin story where it was like, man, I I want to be able to have people connect like that to, to something that's right. powerful and like explore the depths of their ability to be human.
0: Right. So, that's okay. Cool. So then, so then what was kind of the next level? So, so I think of if that was the first level for me, kind of the next go around was in my, you know, mid teens with like Terminator 2, Pulp Fiction, that kind of stuff. What was like the next round for you?
2: I just kind of fell in love with media mm, yeah. and- and honestly, it wasn't necessarily watching shows where it was like, man, I have to do that, but just understanding the power that the right. platform right. has to be able to impact and connect with people all over the world. And this is before social media. This yeah, so was this
1: television? Yeah, television yeah. and yeah. movies. Movies, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: This like beautiful communal experience, especially movies where we aren't really experiencing that together anymore. But like think how special it mm-hmm. is to go sit in a movie theater right. with All of these people having this beautiful shared experience, but also then having their own personal lived experience as they connect with the piece. Mm -hmm. And it's like those moments where you laugh out loud and you hear the guy in the back laughing out loud, too. (laughs) And it's like, oh, we get it. And it's funny. And we're connecting and we're connecting to the actual the actual piece in front of us but yep. we're also connecting to each other Or those yeah. movies that everyone like claps
0: at the oh end? Yeah. yeah 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 those are rare that's, and that's so much stuff. fun. yeah i remember mm-hmm. seeing napoleon dynamite in theater yeah. and like one of the i i don't think i've ever had an experience quite like it just everybody was in on because you know some people don't quite get napoleon dynamite some yeah. people like loved but the theater is in like everybody was into it and it made it probably a hundred times better yeah.
1: and it's that timestamp, right like yeah. if you look back at like a movie you watch into like fox and the hound for yeah. example that is a timestamp stamp for you you literally related back while you while you're sitting in the that chair from that movie right and there's a hundred other examples that you could do whether yeah. it's tv or other movies I'm sure I could do the same it's just rad how music does that too but it's yeah. really cool how how movie can so movies, that, that time in that place yeah and, yeah. And very, yeah and you remember where you were you remember probably what seat in theater you were in mm-hmm. and like you know they've all, they've changed all the seats now they're all comfy but asleep. yeah, you're yeah. very yeah, true right. yeah very true it's just it's just really cool and and how rad is it that we can still uh, reminisce about that? It's really, yeah. it's really fun. What's next? Did you go to, you know, in high school? You were you making like films and short films? Did you walk? Were you like the girl with the video camera? Yeah, or? were you an AV club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love
2: it. Such a great question. So, um, in high school, I was super insecure. Mm. So. I,
0: Many of us filmmaker types, yeah, we're, we're like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> behind like behind super, yeah.
2: super introverted, mm-hmm. like wanting to try out for the school play, but just never doing it, yep. or like wanting to explore writing or any of these things and just like doing it for myself. So I started cultivating the craft of writing, and I love to this day to write. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of my most favorite things. Mm-hmm. I and think you guys
1: would, uh, yeah, I think get we would agree about about on that. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you guys would get along really well with that.
2: When I, Graduated from high school, I moved to New York City. And that's really like the catalyst for where I am now. And it literally changed my life. So Mm -hmm. instead of going to high school with all, or, and so instead of going to college with all my friends, I moved to New York City and lived on the Upper West Side, like. Maybe a block away from the Seinfeld diner, oh, right um, cool. mm-hmm, Super which cool. was yeah. right which on. was really really and New awesome. York. So
0: inspirational too. Just you just step in the city and so you're like, I just want to do all this mm-hmm. stuff, and I need to do so much with my life. Yeah. New York is so amazing. Yeah, yeah, and you
2: would think that, but like yeah. as an 18 year old kid, um, I just turned 18 because I'm a young kid. I'm a young kid for my age. I was so overwhelmed by the city. Oh, I'll bet. Like I bet. I Salt Lake City is very straightforward. It's a mm-hmm. grid system. Yeah. It, it downtown is like where the mall is. There. So, like, there are these signs in New York City that are, like, downtown, uptown. And I'm, like, where's the downtown? Like, yeah. it says yeah. downtown. It's all downtown. Yeah. But if you're, like, born <laughs> yeah. and raised in Salt Lake City, yeah. downtown was just, like, where ZCMI and... Right.
1: Uh, you right. got to drive under the ocean? <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and then it wasn't until somebody was, like, no. So, downtown is, like, towards Battery Park and uptown is, like, towards Harlem. Right. Oh, okay. So, you know, basically, I spent the first couple of days in the city, first couple of weeks just, like tortured because all my friends were moving on they were all Mm. doing their thing in college they're pledging sororities and fraternities and I felt like I was being left behind and I kind of questioned the choice to move to New York City but I knew that there was something there for me number one I had never been to a Broadway show Mm. all of the media that's filmed there and at the time was like things like the Rosie O'Donnell show TRL the Today Show things that are super super accessible and I just I just remember like sitting in the apartment feeling like i couldn't go outside super scared so one day i just bought a metro pass and i was like you know what
1: i'm doing it just gonna i'm do gonna it.
2: go to the top of the empire state building i'm gonna just yeah. stand on the top of the empire state cool. building i'm gonna find my way there i'm gonna make it happen and it literally took me all day i mean i ended up in harlem i i ended up in <laughs> brooklyn like you just never know when to get off the subway right. finally i see it in the distance and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna walk to it walk to it get to the sign, the placard mm-hmm. on the building. It says the Chrysler building. Right. It's so my whole life. Uh, I've thought thought <laughs> you know, the, the Chrysler building <laughs> is the Empire, Empire State, State building. building. Yeah. And so I uh, I go and ask the security guard. I'm like, hey, where's the Empire State Building? He's like, that's the Empire State Building. That was my objective. So mm-hmm. I go sit on the top of the Empire State Building. And it's like, that day changed my life because I realized a lot of lessons along the way. I realized like a belief in myself to just keep going. I realized like if I'm lost, I got to ask for help. I also realized that like sometimes you think you know where you're going, but it's actually not where you're actually supposed to end up.
1: You're in the Bronx. Mm -hmm.
2: And it was so empowering that after that, I was like, okay, cool. Now I'm just going to set goals for myself. So I went and I saw Annie Get Your Gun on Broadway with Bernadette Peters. Oh awesome. Dude, it was like beyond. Cool. I, yeah. I sat up in like the very top row, but it was the experience, like this visceral experience of being so far away from the action and the stage, but still being so engaged and so drawn in. It yeah, was yeah. magical. Yeah. And I was like I want to do that. I want to make people feel like that. Like that unseen person in the very, very back row. I want them to be able to like feel and experience and emote. So it's like that similar feeling to Fox and the Hound. Yeah. And then I, I mean, I just started going to shows, going to filmings and tapings and watching all the behind the scenes Mm. stuff. And, um... I remember meeting Rosie O'Donnell and oh. f- like I wanted to go to the Rosie O'Donnell show. And this like back in the day when I was like
0: hard to get in, you couldn't yeah, get tickets. Yeah, like super I hard to get literally yeah, write went- a postcard <laughs> to <into> the studio.
2: <laughs> I literally went standby like five different days in a row. And every time I didn't get in, I would just go to the taping of the later today show. Oh, oh, so yeah. one of the PAs at the later today show is like, you're here every day. What's going on? And I was like, oh, I really want to go to the Rosie O'Donnell show. And luckily he's like.
3: I'll Ain't
1: get no you. thing. Yeah, I'll yeah. get you tickets. I know, I know people. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. I'll get you tickets. You see that? That's the back door. <laughs> <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. And so, um, yeah, so he got me tickets, and I just happened to be sat um, where she went to go sign autographs after oh, the cool. show. And so I just, like, started so cool. asking her questions, and she she, and I kind of struck up a friendship, and, and she, I asked her, like, what, you know, I want to do this for a living, what would you suggest or recommend and she said go back and get your education mm. like go to school for it wow. or or at least go to school get an education and then like dive in and i was like okay
1: which sure. was a very, like, that's a pretty solid answer and an expected answer probably at that time. Yeah. It's probably yeah. changed now a little bit, yeah. maybe, but like. I think you ask people the same question now. Yeah. They might be like, nah,
0: eh, you don't need to go to school. <laughs> just <laughs> get on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Well, <laughs> yeah. And for
2: her, it was like, get an education. It wasn't necessarily about like, you know, go get trained theatrically, right, right. but like an education, a college because education. Well, become will well-rounded change as, your as a life. person. Yes, yes, yes. exactly. Totally. So
1: do you come home?
2: So, yeah. So I come home. Yeah. Okay. And I. And how long were you
1: in New York? In New York.
2: I was in New York for about three months. Kay. Okay. Okay. So I come home. I mean, I didn't even take my SATs because yeah. I, like, didn't think I wanted to go to that's college. Funny. I, that's funny. I didn't do that yeah. either. <laughs> that's
3: really funny. And so
2: yeah. when I came home, then I did. I took my, my SATs. I enrolled at the University of Utah. I enrolled in the theater program. thought, like, okay, I want to act. And so I started acting and kind of putting myself out there. I enrolled in an um, acting class in Utah called the Actors Gang, which is long disbanded but at the time was like the premiere place if you wanted to be an actor you mm. would go to this class and you would become a member of the actors sure. gang and so you know and that was like back in the time when um like matt damon and ben affleck had just written goodwill hunting oh, right, and so right. it was like oh you know if you want to do these things like you have to make it happen for yourself right so i wrote this short film called love thy neighbor and mm. Um, I initially wrote it as a vehicle for myself to act in, Hmm. but I gave it to my acting coach at the time, Gregory Haynes, who also became a, a great mentor to me and he read it. And I remember him looking at me in class one day and was like, I read your short film. This is in front of everyone. Oh, he was perfect. Like, Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, OK, and he's like, you know what? It makes me want to do. I'm like, what? And he's like, you know, your short film makes me want to change the world. Like, I don't oh, wow. I don't care about Oscars anymore. I don't care about awards or accolades. But like the way that you've written this short film, like I want to help you make that short film. That's cool. Very and cool. that was, yeah, amazing. And, and he said, you know, I know you want to act in it. But I can read from your writing that you're a director Mm. and you're a really good director, Katie. And I want to teach you how to produce so that you can direct your work. That's great. Um, But I don't know that you can do all of it. So if you have to step back from something, I would release the acting. Hmm. And so I did. Because that, ultimately, like, that's what I wanted to do anyway. Right, right, mm-hmm. right,
0: right. Yeah, I think that's pretty amazing. And, like, that's really, really good advice because it is easy to just kind of bite off more than you can chew, like, right out of the gate. Yeah. I, but also, Spread I think, I mean, I've thin. never seen your acting, but, like, I, I agree. Like, I think you're directing in it, especially, I'm guessing you were probably, what, like, 19 or 20 or something like mm-hmm. that when you did it. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, no, great eye for sure. And so... So I think he was probably right. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the short. Actually, I mean, yeah. since our you know our, our listeners haven't seen it, so we can't get too what? too in depth. Can but... we,
1: Is it public online? Can we uh, link it, or is you, it? Not? You can you can link
2: to it okay. right okay. now. It's just in a Dropbox. Okay. Yeah.
1: I, I, yeah. That's where yeah. I watched it from. If you don't mind, we'll totally throw it in the description.
0: Yeah. yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, I'd like to talk a little bit about you know um, I was curious, kind of like what medium you shot it on. Is it is it digital? Mm-hmm. Was it like uh, was it uh, like, was it high eight or like
2: sixteen millimeters?
1: Sixteen millimeters. Okay. It was yeah. all right. Yeah. On Kodak. He goes. Um, I wasn't sure? sure. He goes, "Are you sure it's film?" And I said, "Dude, I saw some some really good looking scratches." And I go, "That's not a filter." Yeah, no. And I, I thought
0: I thought it was also, but yeah. I, I wasn't one hundred percent sure to be honest. And so I was, in, I was curious about that. In two thousand,
1: yeah, right, yeah. yeah,
0: very cool. Yeah, what was like? I, I've never shot on film, uh, yes. except obviously for like still cameras and stuff. Like, what's the process of that like? It's got it's much more tedious, isn't it? And you have to like kind of take some risks because you don't have that immediate gratification to be able to play stuff back and like except for like when you're shooting it seeing what it looks like
2: yeah all of it and you you get samples and you go out and shoot and you test the samples and and for for me it was the time it was at that time where I think it was like mini dv had just Mm -hmm. come out steven soderbergh had done like the Mexican or something. Um, on. Oh, I think
0: was it was called time code. I think we had like four, He was following four different people with digital cameras and all the time codes like synced up with each other. Was that Maybe. the one? Maybe That sounds amazing. It is. It's pretty dope. It's pretty, cool. it's pretty rad. Yeah. They had literally yeah. follow four people for an hour and a half and they all had their own scripts and it's the movie's broken out into quadrants and the the time codes are all synced up. All right. We're like, Oh, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool yeah. And
2: so he was playing with the medium. So mini DV was just coming to the market, but it was, it, it's sort of like YouTube maybe five years ago where mm-hmm. if you premiered something on YouTube, like it disqualified you from being an actual yeah, like it, legitimate film. Right. It right. wasn't,
1: it didn't have the reputation it has now. Yeah. Right. yeah, it, yeah. it hadn't
2: right. been built yet. And right. so, and that was the thing with mini DV is that it, it created an accessibility for any filmmaker yeah. to make a movie. But what distinguished an amateur from an independent, from a professional was still shooting on film. Right. And so, and it was at that point in time, it was like, do we shoot 35 millimeter or do you shoot 16 millimeter? The film itself is... You know, it's a social impact film. Right. And so very the, much me- so. the yeah. medium to me was super important at totally. the time. Totally. And, and it's very
1: impactful now. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It's not it, it, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. lost any of its message. Yeah. I was just uh, say, damn uh, <laughs> it, that didn't age well. Yeah. yeah. Like for, for real. sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
2: And it was very ahead of its time. Yeah, so absolutely. It was before Crash came out. Yep. It's, it was before the conversation of police violence towards mm-hmm. black uh, males absolutely. was was comfortable oh, yeah. to talk about. Yeah, for I mean, sure. it's still not comfortable to talk about, but at least we're it's, having the It's in a wider conversation now. Yeah, totally. well said. But at that time, people were turned away by it yeah, because sure. it was-
0: It was much easier for people to ignore mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. people- do Tend to choose so to ignore it when they can. It like yeah.
2: Alternative film festivals, uh-huh. but like even mainstream, like Sundance wouldn't touch it huh. because oh, it was man. still too controversial at that point in time. But you, you should that, resubmit it now, you yeah. <laughs> submit that film five years, five, five, five years ago, yeah, yeah. and it's like you know,
0: yeah. for sure, absolutely winning awards. Yeah, so absolutely. I, so, I would like to talk a little bit about like about the inspiration for it. Was it just kind of, uh, I mean, what was your
1: inspiration for it? Yeah,
2: so, so the premise of Love Thy Neighbor is basically a black male goes to a grocery or goes to a convenience store to buy diapers for his baby and
1: Let's not spoil. Yeah.
2: Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. <laughs> when he goes there he meets white woman who is an ally let's sure. say or mm-hmm. feels like she's an ally. He meets an elderly white couple and then he meets a suicidal store clerk. Right. right. They all converge on the convenience store at the same time.
1: You get their story before all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two
2: people end up dead and the cops are called, and all the different things.
1: It's a very like uh, you—you uh, you see one thing, and then you watch a different angle of something else and then you get a completely yeah. different outcome it's, yeah, very, it's very
0: surprising it's very it's very uh 90s indie crime cinema which yeah. is like which is my jam for i sure. love it yeah we were for like for sure yeah we
1: were i was like dude you, this is fucking
0: awesome yeah, yeah <laughs> no, uh, the, 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 my, like one of my favorite parts actually is at the beginning when the cops first pull up they yeah. open their doors they get over the doors point their guns and that's the point where i'm like oh this is shot on film i'm yeah. like 90 sure it's shot on film because yeah. it looked right there was like a really big white hair that Hit a frame right yeah. there, right
1: before that, and I was like, "Film, yeah. baby!" That's well, just film. it just had that look, you I know? know.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah Like Maybe maybe think of like Hill Street Blues, and like yeah. that's yeah. exactly yeah. the look we were going yeah. for. And we Gritty. wanted that edgy, and we yeah. wanted that. There's you depth.
2: know it's, it's black and white, mm-hmm. but there's so much gray. And yeah. so, what people don't understand when they're filming on black and white, right. it's like it's not just about these two colors. It's about right. the stark contrast and where they actually meet. You you also you only have so much film yeah. to shoot right. on, right? And you. Also, have to really be on your game. I mean, when we were filming Mm -hmm. Love Thy Neighbor the older gentleman kept forgetting his lines and it was like one of those moments where you have to like burn a hole in your
1: pocket yeah Yeah. yep
2: exactly and and take him outside for 20 minutes which is then also burning a hole in your pocket right on all accounts it's like but as a director you have to stay present in that moment and hold space for that actor to still feel confident to be able to guide him and and run him through his lines knowing that the producer and this is sort of where i I became like a split personality in a way where like I have my producer brain and I have right. my director brain, right, right, and I have to know in those moments who's making the call. Right. And in that moment, the director is making the call because we don't get this shot back, we don't no. get this chance right. back, yeah. and if we do, it's more money, and that the producer is going to get really, really pissed at the director. Yeah, we yeah. have
1: forty to thirty minutes left left on that roll, right? And yeah. Oh, like, yeah, and you're like. That's
0: yeah. all we got. And as a director, yeah. you say the wrong thing to the actor. Like it could cause mm-hmm. him to shut down yep. and then you don't get yep. it at all. Yep. Or you end up yeah. with a, with just not good takes at all. And yeah, that's.
1: It It was cool. Like I was in, you know, and I don't want to jump too far ahead cause we'll touch on this at the end, but like there's more short stuff coming ahead, yeah. right? Like there's a yeah. lot, there's a lot coming. I
2: love the short film. Yeah. yeah. Like short film format is yeah. my game. So I love so it. so much well, You said short yeah. or doc mm-hmm. and it was like, is it short film or documentary? But no, a short doc or a long doc, like long form doc, always. Long form doc always. But for film. Short, give me short film all Shorts are day. fun. Shorts yeah. on
0: Rider's super fun. So
1: what would you yeah. think of Jump Seat? No, yeah. just kidding. Yeah. You
2: know I love it. I asked you
1: to be the GP on my next short because it worked. of it. Yeah. yeah, she's not lying.
0: Yeah. No, it's a... Uh, I, I can have one last question about this short. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so I saw in the uh, credits I already oh, said, yeah. I, was, I, was into, oh, I was into the cops. Uh, it said in the credits that it was real cops. R-E-E-L, cops. What are real cops? What are real cops?
2: You know, real cops are those cops that show up Unexpectedly at special occasions. No, uh, no, just, like, you know, like, know. like hot cops. <laughs> they, <they're>, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they got their own boombox. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah.
2: Dan, like Danny yeah. DeVito in yeah. uh, and, and Friends. No, but uh, <laughs> but it, it, I mean, it's just a company here. Okay. That, yeah, that, that okay. So we rented the car and the guns okay. from him because we did use guns. We did use blanks. Okay,
0: that, that. That, that's what I was wondering. Drew had a different uh, theory, and I was like, I'm like, well, let's let's see what it is.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I had. a uh, I said I. I thought maybe it was your family and it's real people productions. Oh, so you so you yeah. called them real Cop, real yeah. police. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm,
0: just, I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be honest. I thought those cops did a great job. So well, they were <laughs> awesome. <and> yeah, <laughs> they were the, great. And those
2: cops, they don't have anything to do with the real cops. Right, the real right. cops were just the car and the gun. The right, two gotcha. guys the Wes actors. Holmes, John Lawrence. They were they're dear they were dear friends of mine at the time. Mm-hmm. They're still like wonderful people. I just have lost contact with them. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and they did a wonderful job. Yeah, they did, they really great. did. Mm-hmm.
1: I met you through television Mm -hmm. and not only television, but like a very specific niche television market that you've been in for quite a while now. You started with a show called Teen Chef Pro, and then we've now moved on to Taste Utah, which I'm a part of, which is great. And I've talked about that in the past with Aaron on the podcast. I know your mother, not to speak for you, but is the president of the Utah Restaurant Association. So what was the connection there where you're like, okay, I want to make a TV show. Was it, I want teens to make food or I want to show the best restaurants of Utah? Where in your head did that click after the short film?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. So um, after the short film, I made a couple of other shorts, um, did some commercial work, uh, worked on High School Musical 3. Yep. Um, my experience on High School Musical 3 um, really inspired me to not actually want to work in big production uh, for many different reasons, but um, it was a wonderful experience. And, uh, and, and the, one of the local producers of that show, Don Shane, um, he rest in peace was a huge, huge mentor for me. And somebody who basically was like, Katie, if you want to produce, like, I will take you under my wing and I will teach you how to produce. And I looked at him and I was like, Don, I don't want to produce. I want to direct. Mm-hmm. I hate producing.
3: Producing is <laughs> yep. the worst. To this
2: day, yep. I hate producing.
0: Yeah.
3: Like, I, I, that's I, why Lou, she hired me. Like
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I, can't, I can't wait until, I, until somebody comes up to me and says, like, I want to be your producer. I'll be like, wonderful. That's
1: all you. You're slowly dishing it to me. Yeah, <laughs> I,
2: well, Drew came to me and was like, hey, could I co-produce? And I was yeah. like, yeah. Hell I'm yeah. yeah. Know, Damn right. Love that initiative. Let's <laughs> go. Um, But so... In between um, High School Musical 3, a couple of little indie projects I worked on, um, I started thinking uh, the Utah Restaurant Association had this program called Pro Start, which was like for juniors and seniors in high school to teach them how to guide their careers in such a way where they could be culinary professionals by the time they left high school. So they could be managers in a kitchen or managers um, in the front of the house. And I would go film the, um, competitions and the kind of stuff that these kids were putting out was like unreal. It was, and I just watched as it developed over the years. So Utah was one of the pilot States. It's a national program. Hmm. Um, and watched how the kids grew and watched how the mentorships of the chefs was so pivotal to their careers. Um, and I, I thought, you know, this would make a really great
3: television series and,
2: I love food. I mean, I put myself through school. So I graduated from the University of Utah, University of Cambridge, and then uh, University of Pennsylvania. But I put myself through school by working in restaurants because that's something that I loved. And I'm the only one of my siblings who actually worked in restaurants like mm. that. My little brother did for a little while, my little sister did, but they, they hated it. But mm-hmm. I love knowing about the intention and energy that goes into becoming a master at something. Right. And so, um, I thought wow I thought wow this this food show could be really really cool. I mean, Teen Chef Pro was like 9 years in the making. Right. So, and it went through like several different iterations to where we finally um got some subsidy from the state and then we also got private investments and and sponsors and made the series. The one of the coolest things about Teen Chef Pro is that the winning student got a four-year incredible. college scholarship oh, wow. to Johnson and Wales University. Oh, that's that's amazing. amazing. That's incredible. So yeah. that one person's life has completely changed. But in the process, I get like emotional because it's so inspiring. I would watch these students who would come on the show curious, a little nervous, maybe not super sure of themselves. Just build self-efficacy and a belief in themselves mm. in such an inspiring way that it it changed the trajectory of many of these kids' lives. And then kids at home watching the show thought like, "Oh, I could right. do that too. Mm. I want to do that." Right. So it empowers kids to have these teens to say like, "I, I bet I could do that. I'm watching my peers do that. I bet right. I could do that." Right.
3: And right. then they
2: go and engage in those experiences as well. And there's a program in Utah high schools that. Supports them through that journey. Not every kid is like privileged enough to have a parent pay for school, right? It feels like they can do it because of financial aid or whatever. And some of us have to put ourselves through school, yeah, yeah. So, I'm still paying for my school, yeah. no, I'm, I'm dead serious. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. how is, I had the government
1: pay for my school? Yeah, so like, how you're smarter is, than I am, yeah.
2: Or, well, you know, uh, it's, it's not, sometimes the government will like, give you loans and then you yeah. have to pay them back, but or like, sometimes
0: you have to go to other countries with uh and work on fighter jets to, to get it. Yeah. that's very true, too. Yeah. The whole thing, but yeah. like.
2: How, how inspiring to, to teach kids that like, not only can they go to school and get an education, get a university education. I mean, these kids that were on the show would come to me and say like, I never thought that I wanted to go to college until I started battling for this scholarship. Mm, And now it's important enough to me that I'm going to put myself through school and I've learned the skills that I need to go into a restaurant, make 15 20 $30 yeah. an hour wow. so that I can put myself through school and be whatever it is I want to be in this world. That's and incredible. Like, so
0: I mean, cool. yeah, like, I mean, I, I think I can speak for all of us when I say that that's kind of why we do this. We want to affect people, yes. whether it's entertainment wise, but like, that's like a real legitimate effect on somebody's life that you, that's palpable and you know about, like, that's, yeah. that's amazing. I think that's great.
2: Well, I mean, it, it, in its first season, it was nominated for basically six Emmys
1: and won four
2: of
0: them.
1: That's amazing.
2: And then, you know, was nominated for two more the next year. Didn't win any was nominated for two more the following year. Won both, you know, it's been nominated for best education, best arts and entertainment program, best, uh, teen programming for 17 and under. Right. Um, which all of those are really inspiring because for me, my production company, real people productions, I founded it when I was 20 years old and, the motivation for it has always been to first educate because education is pivotal. It's key. It's like how we expose ourselves to new ideas, whatever that looks like, whatever capacity it is. And then to engage, because if you're educating appropriately, Mm -hmm. then you are engaged. Your synapses are fired. You're thinking about things you're emoting and then you're entertained. Yeah. So if you're, you know, being exposed to all of these great ideas, being educated, then you're engaging and then you're also being entertained. Then you're being encouraged and inspired to and empowered to have your own unique experiences. And whatever that looks like, whether it's like call me by your name and it's like going to Italy and having like an amazing experience that you maybe would never have if you hadn't seen that show. Right. Or, you know, even like A show like Requiem for a Dream, which is like so messed up and so like beautifully (laughs) tragic. But you watch that show and you're like, I I feel dirty because I feel like I lived every single one of those people's lives. So it's it's a empathy and and a connection Mm -hmm. that you can have with yourself and with the actual art itself Mm -hmm. without having the consequences.
0: Totally. I uh, yeah, very I, well said. I, I liken it a lot of times to uh, to kind of being a drug addict. This, so this is kind of how I operate when it comes to, to films and stuff like that. We don't to talk about personal things. <laughs> so <laughs> <drugs? laughs> so when I'm doing a lot of blow. No, now, I'm, look I'm, my arms. No. Uh, <laughs> no so like Those are uh,
1: tattoo marks. So
0: so <laughs> for, for me uh, the 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 thing I like most about about film and TV and stuff like that is is again the emotions that I get out of it, the empathy that I have for the people that I'm seeing, and the more stuff that I see, I kind of have to. It's like chasing. That that dragon, right? Like, I need a little bit bigger and more extreme. And like, you hit something like working for a dream, and you're like, it kind of made me feel awful. But just feeling that at all is what I needed. Yeah. And then, and then you have to like kind of keep going because, and get to the next level, you start looking at like early, you know, Nicholas Winding Refn stuff, and like, and before you know, it, you're just watching some super weird shit. Yeah. But, but it's it, but it's all in the name of like, like I need more that makes me feel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And
2: understanding like the depth of your emotions is the relationship that media and art has with us right without those consequences. So you don't need to go out and, you know, shoot up. You right. know, or you don't need no. to go out and y- even like a Quentin Tarantino movie, which it's like it just it 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 gives you insight to the extremes right. of human beings.
0: Right. You kind of get that catharsis from yeah. like I think that's why people like like the bad guys in movies so mm-hmm. much because they do all this stuff that like you know, you can't do. Totally. Well, yeah. an
2: understanding. So like the yeah. crazy thing, and understanding about it, why they do it. Yeah. yeah the crazy yeah. thing about a Quentin Tarantino movie, or even like a Martin Scorsese movie, or, a, um, Stanley Kubrick is like, you start to empathize mm-hmm. and understand right. the bad guy and mm-hmm. why and then by the end of the movie you're like cheering sure. for right. the bad guy to get the revenge and kill all the people and yeah. and you leave the movie and you're like
1: what is happening the yeah.
2: world is messed up Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, like breaking
1: bad <laughs> you know even at the sure. end
0: you're like walter white you're like he's a huge piece of shit you're like i kind of love him and i kind of yeah. like i kind of want him to succeed like he kind of <laughs> helped
1: a few people along the way yeah but he was a terrible person <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no, absolutely but yeah, that's yeah. what i'm saying well, well, that's exactly,
0: exactly. like
2: shits creek is a great example yeah. of that like oh, sure. yeah, I, yeah. I literally tried to get into shits creek 20 times and I was like mm. I don't understand like what do people like about this right, movie right. or this this Show series it, yeah. and it was like until I realized like oh no for the first two seasons you're actually not supposed to like the main character. None of right, them. Right. Yeah and then you watch their um, evolution Yeah, and then suddenly you realize like oh they're broke yeah yeah. yeah. at first it's about watching
0: these rich you know yeah. rich assholes like, kind of yeah. getting yeah. their comeuppance and yeah, yeah like yeah, oh I'm totally. glad you're having a bad time <laughs> right yeah exactly. and, but then you see how that that situation starts to change them and by mm-hmm. the end you're like I love all of them so much
1: yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah so you had all of that experience with Teen Chef Bro yeah you guys wrapped and then at the same time you were doing two shows mm-hmm. for, for a while Taste Utah yes um, let's talk a little bit about Taste, Utah let's because, talk about Taste Utah because that's how I met you yes. and damn it, I love this show. It's such
2: a
3: good <laughs> it's show. Great. I do. Yeah. I
1: have so much fun with it. Yeah. I really do.
2: It's, you know, so when I was working in the industry, I fell in love with chefs. You know, like and not in a creepy way where, like, but.
3: but Going <laughs> like like to chefsonly.com. Go chefs, please. But, but chefs, please. Like, you know,
2: where, like, that I would have, like, a special connection with the chef in the kitchen. And there was, like, no weird energy around but people would look right. at me, like, my coworkers, and be like, why does the chef, like, care what you think about the food? Right. Um, And it, it's because I. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, like, what you got there, yeah. Drew.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a. TF Brewing,
2: TF Brewing, which I brought for yeah, the boys. Yeah, I was gonna say,
1: yeah. yeah. So shout out to Katie for for yeah, bringing.
0: For TF on on, Coming on in, swaggering with a with a six pack. For yeah, us. Well, <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, the, the the reality is, is if I'm gonna be the first in studio right. guest yeah. for a while, like I, I really need to. At
0: least
1: Absolutely, yeah, at the bar. Katie said,
0: "Let's fucking go." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm all about that. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for the beer. I'm drinking the Imperial IPA. Uh, what are you uh, drinking? There's the the Firda?
2: It's the. Keller Beer. It's an unfiltered <laughs> German style pilsner. Oh,
0: yeah. and, and TF is dope. They're a, they're a local uh, brewing company. Local brewing company. Yeah. Kevin
2: Templin's been in the industry for years and years and years. He used to be the head brewer at Red Rock, which is where I met him. Oh, we did a I Taste Utah. I love Red Utah. Rock too. Yeah. yeah. yeah Red Rock. their great. beers are fabulous. Yeah. And we did a Taste Utah episode and he was the head brewer at the time and Red Rocks won all kinds of awards yeah. and, and their beers are like just wonderful yeah. and, and very nuanced and just And um, he decided, like, I want to go off and do my own thing and just open a brewery. So TF Brewery is...
1: That's what we're drinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like a super fun fact, and this is like super random, but <laughs> their brewery is right across the street from the studio that Katie shot Teen Chef Pro in. Yeah, that's first crazy. Season, first for, season, for of the first Teen season, Teen only. season only. I think
0: technically, it's across from a strip club, but it's like <laughs> <laughs> but it's across well said, and over yes. from Down the studio. <laughs> under the
2: underpass. Yeah. Yeah. Under the
0: underpass. Well, Teen Chef Pro <laughs> season one was it's a great, little wacky. Yeah. Was, great well, well, I will <laughs> say there
2: was a robbery on the on that first.
0: season. I 100 percent believe that. Yeah, I
3: believe it. Yeah, some
2: guy that just wandered in the front door and 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 stole one of our. Teen teen chefs
3: teen purses. he showed her teen
2: he stole, a he stole, a he teen stole chef. the tea yeah. he just stole, stole the teen shop no where is he going with that kid one of one of her purses and it, and 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 of course, was like that's tracked terrible. down at the Rio Grande, oh, like oh, no. twenty minutes it's, later. Oh, so. no. I'll tell
0: you what: the area is totally different now. It's yeah. it's come up in a lot of ways. They're putting yeah. in, you know, uh, like housing, yeah. and there's cool a bunch totally. more cool breweries around there now. It's still a big go of tires, but you know what? Are you going to do? And a, and a
2: ton <laughs> of construction because I'll say like that's the way that I chose to come, right. you know, to to the studio right. and stuck in traffic.
3: Let's.
1: But oh, let's wait, where were we? Yeah. No, so shout out to TF. <laughs> <Chase Utah. laughs> oh yeah. Shout Chase out Utah. to TF Brewery. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to uh, to Taste Utah.
2: Yeah. So so. Um I, so when I when I thought about sort of what was missing, in my opinion in Utah marketing, it's all about our restaurants. So oftentimes you'll hear, oh, you know, Utah restaurants have have really come a long way in the last 10 years, and they have. Mm-hmm. And what I'll say is I think it's because the culture and the clientele of Utah, now embraces that kind of food but places yeah. like log haven or the original new yorker right. the metropolitan these places have been doing elevated food right. for decades yeah and it's just that it wasn't cool to like food 20 years ago. No. Yeah. Even 10 years yeah. ago, like you were eating Snackwells, low-fat crap. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to
0: Snackwells. Shout <laughs> Snacks.
2: You, you're, you're not even in business anymore.
0: But, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to your
1: grave. You know,
0: like
2: there's a Friends episode where like Ross pulls out some cookies out of a bag and they're like low-fat and he's – He looks at Chandler because Chandler's guessing what's in the bag. And he's like, you're good. He takes a bite of the cookies. Like, these are not, (laughs) you know, but it like, it wasn't, it it was gluttonous and all kinds of things. Like there were a lot of associations with, um, with loving food. And now food culture is such that it's like the more you can expose and educate people to new ideas about food and. And help them understand the intentionality behind what they're choosing. Yeah. It's super important. And at that time, like Open Table, Yelp, all of these different review sites were just kind of like propping up. Right. It was like these poor restaurateurs who literally are like the salt of the earth people. And someone has a bad night. So they decide, you know what, I'm going to be Joe critic and I'm going to like bash on your restaurant. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything while I'm in the restaurant, right. but when I get home and give you one star and I'm going to make you look like trash. And it's like,
3: right. These
2: restaurateurs. what can they do? If you would tell them while they're in there, they would do anything to fix it because yeah, right. they don't want you to have a crappy experience. Yeah, they right, want right. to serve you. Like sure. they, that's how they show love and connection and yeah. chefs and the whole thing. Yeah.
0: It's their art. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well,
2: and it's their way to connect as human beings. Right. Right. Like, right. And so it's like, how do you combat something like that? Right. And so I started thinking like it would be really cool to do a television series where we traveled around the state. and We just educated people about the experience that they would want to have because the more that you can give people insight into whatever experience they want to execute, the happier they're going to be because their expectations are exactly where they need to be in order to have them met.
0: Right, so, right, 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 right.
2: I thought like, okay, if we could just show them, if they could just see it for themselves, we could give these restaurants this fantastic opportunity to get like marketing in a way that they would never be able to afford. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And, Help people understand the nuances of these different restaurants. Right. So, Taste Utah is yes a television series on ABC Four, Sunday mornings at nine thirty. Heyo, <laughs> hey. and it's also an interactive dining guide. Right. www.tasteutah.com. We just bought that website. Like, oh, right it's on. Literally, been six years in the making. We've yeah. been tasteutah.com for yeah, so yeah. long.
1: I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Yeah, because Good.
2: some.
0: With somebody just like Jacko, work on that. The,
1: yep. yeah. Just hanging out there and like, Ed, we I know con- you want it. You can't have it. We would
2: contact him <laughs> and, and everything. He would never sell it to us. But finally.
1: He finally let it go.
2: Well, I just like looked it up one day on
0: GoDaddy. It probably GoDaddy's just expired. Like, yeah, exactly. You probably yep. sniped him. Like he yeah. probably just kind of forgot, and yep. you got in the like, hey, in kind of Guess what, be John
2: like, oh, Sloan? Oh, and we have your website.
1: <laughs> right! Shout out, John <laughs> Sloan. It's What's ours? up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and exactly. it was only eight fucking dollars, <laughs> yeah. not eight like, thousand exactly. dollars. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it was mine.
2: No,
1: that's <laughs> but, amazing. But, that's uh, awesome. But
2: yeah, so that's super exciting because it also is just a testament to perseverance and patience. And as filmmakers and creatives, we all know that it takes. It takes your whole lifetime to become an overnight success. People it's are like, so wow, true. that guy came out of nowhere. And you're like, I've been working Bullshit. at it for 25 yeah. years, but that's I, cool. Yeah.
0: It's it's so true. I've, uh, you know... Finally, it took me a long time to start really doing filmmaking. I've known I wanted to do it for a long time, but it just kind of took me a long time to get there. And, you know, I'm, I'm 43 years old and I'm I'm on to. You know, 43 starting, what? Oh, what's up? Hell yeah. yeah dude. That's so cool. Um, and so I'm finally on to doing the things that I've been wanting to do. And I'm like, man, am I late to the game? And you start reading up on the stuff and you, you start to find out that there's like maybe two or three people every now and again that get in younger than that. Most of the time, the success starts to happen around now because it takes people like 20 freaking years right. to get the skills and to yeah. figure it out yeah. to be that overnight Absolutely. success. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and,
2: and that's the case with anything. Like mastery is deliberate practice year after year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And-
0: Was it 10,000 hours of doing something yeah, or something like well, that?
2: Well, that, like that's a misnomer. That's like sure. a- but. But yeah, it, it's going in and knowing that you are not an expert, but like mm-hmm. that's the goal and that's the hope and staying open-minded and curious and really honing your skills and craft and whatever it is you right, want to do. Right. And so um, so it takes time. Yeah. And, you know, you'll have a hundred failures for every success, but it's the attachment that you feel like that failure means something about you that right. limits us. Right. The liberation is found. And when you realize like, all that failure is is just more information to lead to more successes. Right, yep. but it takes years to mature into that. Yeah, and then having have,
0: the self awareness yeah. to to yeah. look at your failures and be like, "This is a failure. Why was it yeah. failure? Yep. What could I have done better?" Rather than like, "People just didn't get me."
1: You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's definitely like, I think there's that side to everyone. Oh, for, but f- then, for sure. But then yeah. you learn as you start working with larger teams. Like, dude, feedback is a great example it's huge. the other day, right? Like, yeah. feedback is the best tool you can have. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting feedback, then you're probably actually Doing something wrong. Yeah. 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 You, for you sure. want to yeah. shift. Yeah. It means like, you're in a yeah.
2: unit that you don't feel safe yeah. in. There's not psychological yeah. safety for sure. And somebody isn't isn't invested in your right. growth.
1: Right, but, right. But then learning to accept that feedback. Because a lot of us choose to go into this industry because they are sick of someone telling them what to do, whether uh, it's sports or or for a business right. or you're working for a larger corporation, right? So you have to learn to embrace that. And all it is is it's not. It's, it's a compliment. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's yeah. what, it's all it is, is it's a compliment. Can you do this because everything else is working? This right. one thing is not.
2: Totally. And I'll tell yeah. you, like if that person didn't care, exactly, they would just go hire someone else.
1: Yep. Damn right. And then yep. if that person telling you didn't care, the other person would, hi- would rehire that position. You know what I mean? Yep. Like yep. It's, it has to be this synergistic thing. And I think we do have that on Taste Utah where whether it's uh, the editor or the other camera op or our sound operator or you like we always have this clear communication of what's going on and this guidance. And if something's not working, like you have to speak up.
0: Well, and so with, with taste Utah, I mean, I'm not involved with it, but um, I'm sitting here on the sidelines. I've been watching you guys. It sounds like the last season went pretty well because you guys recently had a pretty big, you know, you guys got some awards. What? Like, it sounds like, no, it's like we have a, we have a table full of Emmy winners (coughs) here right now. (laughs) Like that's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys, so yeah, what did you guys win for?
1: We went to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, Two weeks ago now, uh, about three weeks ago, actually. And uh, we were nominated for uh, three different Emmy. I was nominated for one, and we were both nominated for two. Yep. uh, Two producing Emmys. Uh, and then one lighting uh, studio or on location. Image. Awesome. And we took home the lighting me That's Which great. Which is Boom.
2: amazing because the show that we work on is like run and it's Oh, yeah.
1: So I, hear, I hear
0: all the stories from Juries like, yeah, we've been, you know, shooting uh-huh. and just been on our feet all day, like yep. figuring this out, figuring and that
2: out. it's never really been lit before. So, yeah. you know, I had like some really old um, Lowell's that we used to light with. Right. Um, and then we used to light with some other sort of like sticks, like like very strange lighting. Yeah, And then Drew brought the Lytra. Oh yeah. Which, those Lytras are dope. Which Mm -hmm. changed everything because literally they're super easy just to like throw up. Mm -hmm. You don't don't necessarily plug
0: them in. You don't have to find, I don't have power supplies for stuff. Yeah. You
2: you don't need filters. Like it's all in one, which, which when you have that and then you have someone who knows what they're doing and knows the look that they're going for it, It changes the game. It's everything. It it really
1: can. And it's crazy, like, the exact same lights, like, like no shit, the exact same batteries and actual (laughs) physical lights that were used on JumpSeat, uh, were used for season seven of Taste Utah. Yeah. yeah. So the lights that were in Jump Seat yep. are Emmy winning Lytra lights. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, think, I think
0: both Katie and I are, we're, the, were the recipients of yeah. your good lighting. Yeah. So. Well, and
2: and yeah. I will say, like, Taste Utah production ended up purchasing the lights that helped fund Jump Seat. Yeah, right.
1: Dude, absolutely. Love it. Love yeah. So yeah. Awesome. it. Holy it's shit. So cool. And I love that. <laughs>
2: that was cool. As I was watching Jump Seat, I felt yeah. very proud. Yeah. To be like, as you like
1: should. a silent investor.
0: Yeah, as
1: you should. We should have thrown a name. In there. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, you, this should have been your idea to bring that oh, up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I would like to hear about the MPAU because Drew told me about this um, before you came on and I actually, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know it existed and cool. so I would like to hear more about it and what your role is in it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, Mo- Motion Picture Association of Utah, MPAU, MPAU, as some people might call cool. it. Um, But I founded the organization not long, actually, it was before we filmed Love Thy Neighbor. Oh, okay. So, What sort of inspired it is I, you know, came back from New York. I knew I wanted to work in media. I knew I wanted to have a career here in Utah. I I love Utah. It's beyond epic. Like I've traveled all over the world. I've lived all over the world, but I always come back to Utah. I love it here. I really want to work here in Utah. I want to have my company here. I want to be able to make a living here. And I realized that, you know, Utah used to be... Behind New York and LA as the highest producing film media state in the country. Mm. And it started falling behind. And the Elizabeth Smart movie, which, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years before it was filmed, would have been filmed in Utah, it was right. actually filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia, right. because of tax incentives. You know,
1: oh, right, we, right. we get more money yeah. for our money. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But yeah, so the Elizabeth Smart movie was filmed in Vancouver. Also, the Canadian dollar was really weak at the time compared to the American dollar. So what I realized is that, you know, if Utah was going to stay in the game, they really needed to start looking at maybe incentivizing motion picture production. And so I reached out to Brian Clifton at Redmond. I I reached out to Don Chain. Shout Um, out Brian.
1: I, I, I. Old boss. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, my and my co-founder, Kyle Mallory, like we met at a Utah Film Commission lunch and we were talking about just sort of like what the next iteration of the industry was and and what we felt fo- felt like is we needed an organization that would lobby on our behalf. And we didn't have anything like that. Utah Film Commission is great, but it's an entity of government. So they actually can't lobby. It's against their you know, rules and regulations. Right. Um, But they help film and television and media productions that come to the state, find locations and all these other different things. And so um we approached Lee Vonderesh, who was the um, executive director of the film commission at the time and said, you know, we, we want to start an organization that will be the voice and an advocate for us, like on our behalf. And I had all of this knowledge of what that looked like because of my mom, who sure. is the president of the Utah Restaurant Association, right. and they're a nonprofit advocacy organization. So we got all the major employers involved, which is Don Shane, Tim Nelson, um, Brian Clifton, and said, like, we need to form an organization that will represent the industry. And so we spent the first year sort of lobbying for some tax incentives, like rebates, and then um, we siphoned off a million dollars to run – basically like a pilot program of what is now known as the motion picture incentive fund.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And
2: it's the entire reason that high school musical actually came yeah, and filmed sure. in the state of Utah. Yeah, that's
1: incredible. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> which is And you yeah. get to work on the set. So Which is fun. Yeah. Uh, so
2: one of like one of the most pivotal moments of like my career was I was at East High School, which is where I went to high school. Oh, I didn't
0: know that. Oh wow. about
2: doing what I'm actually doing. That's I'm incredible. I'm standing yeah. in the um, gymnasium and Marshall Moore, who's the president or the executive director of the film commission at the time comes up to me and he's like, Katie, you just need to take a moment to take this all in because this is all happening. It, it, it was a it's really a very, cool moment to yeah. to realize that because of the work that you did because selfishly, like you wanted to, Work in the industry, and also at the time, like I was an emerging film, you know, director and got you yourself a filmmaker. That's fine, yeah. <laughs> filmmaker. Yeah, and do it. And I, I watched people get taken advantage of. I watched right. myself get taken advantage yeah. of. And I was like, there needs to be an organization that protects people that mm-hmm. people can turn to if they have questions or if they have needs or if they want to, you know, have a conversation about something that didn't seem right. And that will protect them and advocate right. on their behalf. We don't have a union here, and I'm not saying we need one or we don't right. need one, but the MPAU is there for you if you work in the industry. Like that, mm. that is what they're meant to do. They're meant to protect you, to advocate on your behalf, to be your biggest support and ally. In the state of Utah, we're unique because we have amateurs. We have independents and we have professionals. And mm-hmm. the only way that we're going to continue to be able to do the work that we love is if the professionals stay, because we need right. the gear, we need the rentals, we need their support, and we, like, we want them to work on our films when they're not working on big major productions. Damn right, yeah. yep. That's the way that we grow and evolve as yep. independents. And then as amateurs, you can dream of becoming that independent. And that independent remembers what it's like to be that amateur. Yeah. And so there's a symbiosis there. Right. Every level supports one another. And so the MPAU, yes, like it's an advocacy organization and it's an organization that lobbies for the film incentive and all those different things and has, has created this amazing, you know, pathway forward for not only professional productions that come in, but also the next grant, which sure. is... A grant for those of us that are working in Utah that need a little extra capital on our on our film production. Right. Please. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, and it's all all of the incentive is ROI. It's 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 a return on investment post the spend and these companies that are coming in wouldn't come in if we didn't have the incentive and so it's important Mm -hmm. to understand that when you enroll in supporting the mpau all of us have worked on a production Mm -hmm. that is here because of that film incentive or people who have been nurtured under the incentive. I've worked on incentive programs. You've certainly worked on incentive movies. You've worked on yep. incentive mm-hmm. movies. Yep. So without that experience, you wouldn't be the person that you are today. So it's like... Yeah you know, this is my plug, but like join the MPAU. See right. how you can get involved. So, so
1: how though? Like go
2: to MPAU.org, which is the
1: website. We'll link it. Mm-hmm. We're really damn good at that. They're yeah. Like a yeah. lot of links in this one. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. polls. <laughs> lots of links, lots, lots of
2: polls. time, you <laughs> <That's> know. <a laughs> <mold>. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no, that's really cool. Like yeah. you can get on there. You can join as what? Like an individual. You can enjoy like as an organization, yep. or a production company. Yep.
2: So if like, this is what I'll say. If you claim that you have a production company, you join as a production company. Don't join as an individual. All right. If you can't, afford to join as a production company, then you don't have a production company. And I'm not saying that to be unkind, but like be no. where you are so that you can grow into where you're evolving to. Fair enough. Um, but join us. Like yep. we want your voice. We want your feedback. We need your support. Absolutely. This next session is going to be huge for, for the industry because we need more money and we need people writing letters to their senators. We need yeah. people enrolling in what the mpaU is doing
1: that's amazing yeah. I think everyone should go to that website in the description and, and check that out I mean if you're in Utah right right, <laughs> right. or if you like to work yeah. in Utah yeah exactly yeah. and that's another thing yeah. too is like if you don't live here but you visited here I mean you know that some of the best films especially yeah. outdoor adventure like that is that is this I'll, is the place I'll tell you
0: what Utah Utah's not what it was when I moved here no. about 20 years ago uh yeah about 20 years ago yeah. it's it's a it's a different place it's growing rapidly yeah, and you know it's going to be I think it's going to be a much more major place for stuff like this in the future yeah really do. yeah
2: if we have the, the yeah if, if we have if the we infrastructure assist, like and we the, need, yeah we need that we have a great infrastructure yeah. Yeah. some of the, the the people that work in Utah are some of the most talented people yeah and some of the most kind yeah and you yeah. need to work with and if we don't have things like the motion picture incentive fund to help bring cinema here to help yeah. bring media here we will not have. We, yeah, don't you'll, have it, you'll have a specific portion. Like you'll have the BYU Motion Picture Studios. No, you'll right. have the YouTube stuff, but it'll right. fade. you won't have any of the legit stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. It'll fade. Yeah. For sure. I'm sold man, is that
0: it? I, th- I think that's it. I mean, I think we, yeah. uh, I don't know, Katie, if you have any social handles or anything yeah, like that you want to throw yeah. out there. Yeah, let's or, exit through the
1: gift shop. Or, yeah, yeah, or
0: or if you're like, nah, I'm not into that kind of thing. That's yeah. fine too.
2: Well, it's my Instagram account. My personal is oh. private. So oh. it's self love so, sign. So get
0: lost, losers. are <laughs> <Losers. Yeah. laughs> going shopping. Yeah, That doesn't mean you Fod, Kamal, yeah. our number one super fan. Yeah. <laughs> I love or fraud. yeah, I, love I mean,
2: sure. You, you can you can um, follow me if you'd like to. But Taste yeah. Utah is our yes. Instagram handle, which we love, and-, and we'll
1: get Teen Chef Pro back on the air. Yep, Teen Chef
2: Help. Yeah, is that is yeah. that in the
1: cards? Is that, is that one of the things you're trying yeah, to do, is get that back? I mean, on? we're
2: looking for investors. It's cool. it's very very minimal production. Like right. when I pitched it to Fox, and I told them the actual cost of the overall series. The guy looked at me and was like, You so that's per episode, right? I'm like, Oh no, that's for the whole series. Yeah. So <laughs> uh how
0: to like, check please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just check please. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's that that's hopefully in the cards and um yeah, just continuing to make really wonderful, impactful um entertainment is, is
1: that's the goal. Yeah, yeah.
2: absolutely the goal. And honestly, I think my favorite thing about making media is the collaborative process because yeah. like your strengths are different than your strengths, totally. are different than my strengths. You
0: bring the right people together yeah, and suddenly exactly. you got something. Yeah. And I
2: will tell you, it is rare after two decades in the business, like it's rare to find people that you gel with and that and that the synergy is spot on. So when you find those people, you do everything you can to stick with them and to continue working with them. Yeah. Yep, that's
1: Damn great. Right. That's perfect. So that means Katie's on our next film. <laughs> all right, let's go. Cheers <laughs> to that. Cheers, let's guys. <laughs> thank you so much, Katie, for all your time. That yeah, thank awesome. you so much for
0: coming on. This yeah. has been a ton of right. fun, and it was super nice to meet you, and I uh, can't wait to see where things go for you from here. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bet, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right, we'll see you on Tuesday.
2: All right, sounds good
0: well alright everybody thanks for tuning in uh, this was a ton of fun if you are so inclined please go to your podcast listening
1: platform of choice oh sorry my daughter just hit her head on the mic oh in a bunk <laughs> <laughs> when did she get here uh, yeah. she just kind of appeared
0: went, yeah is she cute though. Yeah, I mean, she is going to go live, give us a uh, good rating on uh, Spotify or her Apple Podcasts or whatever. Yeah, because uh, she gets it. Yeah, she, she does. She totally, she totally gets it. Yeah. Uh, and if you guys want to do the same, that'd be super rad as well. Um, we'd love hearing from you. If you want to shoot us an email, shoot us a line, whatever you want to do, and you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Say bye, Mason. Say bye, bye.
1: Bye, Mason. Bye. <laughs>
0: that, that wasn't. That,
3: was that wasn't bad. it. Yeah. <laughs>